0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Praise the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. And Father, uh, it is our prayer, Lord God, that you would send revival Uh, in our nation, in our cities, Lord God, because above all else, what we need is you. And uh, Father, we just invite you to come by your Spirit, even today, as we prepare our hearts to go to the word of god lord i, I pray that you would uh, would come by your spirit wherever we are uh, watching uh, this service lord god i pray uh, that you would come by your spirit speak to us lord god we want to hear a word from you above all else lord we commit our lives to you we commit uh, our city to you our nation to you father in this time of turmoil lord god i just pray that by the holy spirit you would protect our minds and protect our hearts lord god above all else we just want to serve you and serve your purposes, Lord God, be glorified. Father, I just pray for those who are who are participating in this service, even right now, Lord God. I pray for those who are struggling, those who are finding it difficult, even this morning, Lord God. I pray that you would reach out and just minister to them. I pray that your word would would Father be a word in season for for our hearts and for our lives, Lord God. Even today, that it would that it would speak into the situations that we're feeling, even right now, Father. We bind every work of the enemy, Lord God. Every distraction we we come against it in the name of Jesus. Every lying thought, Father God, we come against it in, in the name of Jesus and we just pray for freedom, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that there would be a real sense this morning, Lord God, for a desire to hear your word, a desire, Father, for you to speak into our lives and in our hearts. We surrender to you, Lord God. And Father, even as I share today, Father, I just pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord God, that that Father, that our ears would be open, our hearts would be receptive uh, to hear hear the word of God let there be nothing in me Lord God that that hinders the delivery of this word Lord God forgive me of my sins Lord God thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness Lord God be glorified today I pray accomplish your purposes in our hearts and lives and Lord this is our prayer and we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen and Amen. Just a special welcome to all of our, all of you that have joined us uh, on this uh, service today. Just feels like the good old days. Uh, and uh, we just pray that you know by next week we'll be able to uh, gather back together uh, as the church and be able to uh, worship together in, in in one way or another uh, we will keep you posted during the week as to exactly what's happening I know we've got a few programs scheduled over the next few weeks and we're still not really sure what's going to be happening with those but uh, stay tuned on social media and also um, uh, your email because I no doubt I'll be sending a letter out this week as well as to what will be happening during the week I want to go to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to verse 36. That's Mark chapter 14, reading from verse 32 through to verse 36. The Bible says this. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. And Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be open to hear your word today. Speak into our lives in this moment, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to speak on the subject today, what to do when you feel overwhelmed. Uh, What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? Overwhelmed, can't be living through what we're going through in our own city and our nation without feeling some emotions of stress and anxiety, uncertainty, a feeling of having no control of what's going to happen. Uh, next, And, and you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, uh, hope, even in the situation that we're in. Got no idea when this is all going to end, um, even even in our lives and even in our city and nation. The reality is we can love Jesus, serve God, and yet still battle feelings of fear, anxiety, and a sense of hopelessness that can come over our lives. And the big question for us is, what do you do when you feel like that? What do you do? when you feel like that? I mean, it might be uh, related to what we're going through right now, or those emotions in our own lives today might be related to what we're going through, but they could also be related to other things that are happening in our lives. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? Because if that's how you feel today, we're going to look at a familiar story, a familiar passage of Scripture. We're going to look and learn from Jesus himself about a time in his own life when he felt overwhelmed. Before Jesus went to the cross, he met with his disciples and he spoke to them. Uh, He celebrated uh, the last supper with them. And then Judas went away and prepared to betray Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus then went to Gethsemane uh, with his disciples. Um, The word Gethsemane there means crushing and it's a description of what was about to happen uh, to Jesus and in his life. And he told his disciples to pray. And then the Bible says that he took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled and then in verse 34, he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now just notice the adjectives that Jesus is using here to, de- to describe how he was feeling. He uses the words deeply distressed, troubled, uh, overwhelmed with sorrow. So much so, uh, it was to the point of death. And I kind of want us to just reflect on some of those words because this is not somebody else speaking these words. This this is is Jesus himself who was speaking these words, actually declaring them to his disciples. I wonder, is there anyone uh, here or, or listening today that has ever felt like that? I wonder if there's anyone who's ever used those kind of adjectives to describe how they were feeling In their own lives and maybe you're feeling like that today Uh, you're not you're distressed and you're troubled you're not sure what's going to happen next and it just feels so hard And, and 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 the one word that kind of describes all of this is that sense of feeling of being overwhelmed message translation says he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony he plunged into a into a sinkhole of dreadful agony and you know the the, the, the the question is why why would Jesus uh, Jesus himself who was who was the Son of God I mean th- this wasn't Peter and it wasn't necessarily an apostle Paul or you and me this this was Jesus the Son of God Jesus who was perfect who was sinless and yet the Bible kind of describes this time that he was going in he was he, he plunged into a deep sinkhole of dreadful agony so often when we go through these kind of seasons in our own life we start to feel guilty we say you know well if I had more faith if I if I was different if I was more spiritual if I was closer to God then then maybe I wouldn't be experiencing some of the feelings that I'm experiencing in my life today and yet yet the yet the Bible tells us that that Jesus himself uh, was deeply distressed and troubled jesus himself went through a time when he felt completely overwhelmed in his life and 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 that reminds us that we too will go through these kind of seasons it reminds us that that we too will will experience some of these kind of emotions in our life and and as i've said many many times it's not so much the emotions it's not so much those seasons that we go through the real issue is you know, what do we do in those kind of situations? How do we respond? Because how Jesus responded is how we can respond when we feel overwhelmed. And, and so what, what I want to do is just pull out a couple of principles out of the story today that I, that I pray will encourage all of us and will kind of help us even in this season that we're going through this week and even in, in, in the weeks to come. The first thing that we need to do uh, if we're going to navigate these kind of seasons in our life is reach out to others to talk to those closest to us. Uh, Jesus goes to Gethsemane with his disciples and he tells them to pray, but then he takes Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Notice that Jesus' most difficult hour in his life, He's not alone. Um, he could have very easily have have been by himself, but but he takes Peter, James, and John with him in this particular moment. And the interesting thing here is: um, Did Jesus really need his disciples? I mean, as I was kind of reflecting on, on this, this story I mean he's got his disciples kind of over there and, and that could have been sufficient for Jesus but then he says to Peter James and John he says to them you know why don't you come over here with me come closer to me and, and I was kind of reflecting on that thinking well, well what difference was that really going to make I mean how were they going to help him uh, what could they say to him What what could they do to help Jesus? I mean, seriously, were Peter, James and John gonna say to Jesus, oh, oh Jesus, we'll be praying for you or come on, it's gonna be okay, Jesus, you're gonna get through this. I mean, what could, could Peter, James and John possibly say to Jesus that was gonna help him in this time of need? And yet, despite that, Jesus says to these guys, He says, come with me and pray with me because I'm actually going through a time of distress. And here's the thing, if this was important for Jesus, how much more for us? Because so often we can think like that, what's the point of talking to someone? What what, what can they say? What can they do? How can they possibly help me? I mean, we, we think things like, you know, no one can understand what I'm going through because, you know, what I'm going through is really, really bad. No one can possibly relate to what I'm going through. So what's the point of speaking to anyone? Often it's not so much bearing our soul. It can just be pray for me. So often we think, oh, well, I'm just going to have to tell them everything or bear my, my, my soul. No, not necessarily. But often it can just be a simple, a simple word, a simple thought that says, hey, listen, can you just come and pray with me? Because I'm going through a really hard time. There's something about the body of Christ that, 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 that can, can provide things for us that no one else can provide for us in our time of need. If Jesus, in His humanity, needed other people to help Him through a difficult time, through a time of distress, how much more do we need that in our own lives? Jesus could so easily have just, you know, said, don't worry about it, guys, you know, I'm just going through a hard time. And and He could have said, listen, I just need to be by myself for a while. And just, no, but Jesus says, hey, Peter, James and John, can you come with me and pray? Because I'm going through a really hard time right now. And notice, notice the honesty with the disciples. He says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. It's not just I'm in distress, come with me. Then, then he goes on to describe exactly what he was feeling. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. One of the greatest challenges for us as Christians is often to be honest about our struggles, about our shortcomings, about our fears. You know, we often feel like if I if I declare what I'm actually feeling at the moment, we think, "Oh, well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna seem weak. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna seem like you know no one you know uh, people are not gonna understand what I'm going through." And I know in my own life, I'd rather, I'd rather work things out on my own rather than tell someone you know, what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. And so many of us are like that. It's kind of one of the, one of the negative aspects of, of the church and it shouldn't be there. It, should, it shouldn't be there. We kind, of, we kind of walk into church and we all want to look like you know we've got it together. We're, we're doing it fine. you know We're strong and we're full of faith and so on. And, and, and praise God for, for many t- times in our life, we do feel like that, but there are times when we don't. And it's in those times that we need the body of Christ. And here we have Jesus, the Son of God, who intentionally decides not to be alone, not only that, he tells his disciples exactly how he's feeling. Now, church, I'm not saying that we should announce it on a Sunday morning. Hey, you know, I'm feeling like this or like that. But all of us should have those two or three people in our lives that that we can go to when when we're doing it tough, those two or three people that we can speak to, those two or three people that we can open up our hearts and say, you know what, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Would you pray with me? One of the things that we need to never underestimate is the power of the church, the power of community, the power of two or three. The Bible says, when two or three gather together, there I am in the midst of them. You know, if two or three people agree on something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. Something happens with the two or three. All of us need the two or three around us. There's a strength that we have with each other. The enemy wants to keep us isolated because that's when he can do his greatest damage you see when we're alone he can he can kind of uh, start to do his work in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds but what we need more than ever is the body of Christ the body of Christ that can be the hands and the feet of Jesus it's the church that can help us face and overcome our greatest struggles it's the church that can protect us from harm it's the church that can help us see what we cannot see with our own eyes We're always stronger when we're together with other believers by the grace of God and for His glory. We're always stronger in the midst of the church. That's why the church is so important. Ecclesiastes says this, it says two people are better off than one. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's the same principle that that Solomon is speaking about here in Ecclesiastic. It's the power of, of two or three people. It's Jesus who's saying to his disciples, two or three of them, he says, listen, can you come and pray with me? Because Jesus understood he was stronger with them. For some of us, the reason why we're feeling overwhelmed is because we're alone. It's because we're alone. It's because we don't have the community, the intimacy of the body of Christ to help us and to support us and to hold us and to point us towards Jesus, to be strength for us when we're weak. And you know, I know what you're saying right now. You're thinking, well, Pastor Joe, we've just been thrust into a, and uh, more restrictions and lockdowns and we can't meet with anyone or be with anyone. And I said this before, but social isolation doesn't mean we need to be relationally isolated. Just, just because we're socially isolated, it doesn't need, me, mean that we need to be relationally isolated. We can still be in touch with people and we, in a, especially in our day and age with, with everything that we are, the gadgets that we got, we can still be in touch with other people. And we often underestimate the power of the local church to help us navigate tough times. That healing and deliverance can come from the body of Christ. There's a strength that comes from being together with other believers. Jesus understood this. If Jesus understood it, how much more do we need to understand this? That's why Paul says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near what a powerful scripture as the day is drawing near and I don't, I don't know about you but certainly as I reflect on everything that's happening in the world and in, in in our own nation today I think you know what it just feels like that day is drawing near and more than ever the church needs to be connected together more than ever we need to be gathering together because there's strength in that we develop relationships in the good times so that in the tough times, we have people to help us through, to pray with us and to stand with us. We, we develop the relationships in the good times. We, we, we develop relationships when the church is strong, when we're able to meet and we become intentional about developing relationships so that when we're going through those hard times, we've got someone that we can call upon because we've been calling upon them even in the good times. Jesus says to his disciples, "I'm at the most difficult point in my life. Pray for me." What do you What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? You speak to your friends. You reach out to others. And church, I want to encourage you to do that. There are some of you that are watching, even even this morning, that you're you're part of this service and and you're feeling extremely overwhelmed. You, I, I just want to encourage you contact someone just if if it's email someone text someone and say hey would you keep me in prayer I'm just going through a really difficult time at the moment the second thing that we do is we speak to God we speak to God now I know here at Life we speak a lot about prayer and I know that a great portion of you actually prays and I, I think it's powerful but one of the greatest things that we can do in times of distress is, is pray. When we pray, coincidences happen. Now, you've heard me say before that emotions are like the red light on the dashboard. You know, the red light on the car is an indication that the car, something's wrong with the car. Um, needs oil, needs water, car's about to blow up or something. Not, you know, something's, something's not right with the car, red light's flashing. And we need to understand that the red light is never the problem. The red light is a signal to do something about it. The red light on the dash is never the problem. It's a signal that you need to do something about it. Being overwhelmed, the, 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 the feeling of anxiety is a signal that it's time to pray. We looked at the scripture a few weeks ago in Philippians where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When you feel anxious, let the anxious, let the anxiety uh, be a signal to do something to begin to pray. When you feel overwhelmed, pray. When you're not sure what to do, pray. If you're worried about getting sick, pray. If you're worried about getting a COVID test, pray. What, 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 is, the, what is the feeling of being overwhelmed? It's a, it's a signal to encourage us to start to pray, to begin to pray and to be able to cry out to God. You speak to your friends and you begin to pray. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Never underestimate what happens when we begin to cry out to God and to, and to seek the face of God. Now, I don't know about you, but so often in my own life, even as I start praying, I've, you know, there's that thought that comes into my mind and says, well, what difference is this really going to make? Is prayer really going to change something? Is, is, is speaking these words really going to make a difference? And yet, as we look through the Scriptures and as we look through the Bible again and again, every time God's people began to pray, something shifted, something happened. And so I want to encourage you in those difficult times, if you're feeling overwhelmed, begin to pray. The question is, how, how do we speak to God? Well, we can speak these manicured proper prayers you know, or we can be honest with God. So Sometimes we think that we have to kind of get the right words and make sure that, you know, that, you know, everything's right. We don't want to offend God. You know, we don't, we don't want to say something that might upset God. But the greatest thing that we can do is just come into the presence of God and And just be honest with God. Notice how Jesus prayed. The Bible says he went on a little further, fell on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Jesus is saying, Hey, look, this is Jesus, the Son of God. He knew what he was to do, he knew what was to come. And yet Jesus is saying, Hey, God, if it's possible, you know, let this let this difficult time pass by me. Abba Father, he cried, says verse 36. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want Your will to be done and not mine. Now I love the way Jesus' prayer actually begins. He, be, he begins by saying, "Abba, Father," which means "Daddy, Daddy." It's a, it's a, it's a an, an endearing term. It's a, it's a, it's a, If you go to Israel, you you hear a child. call out to their father, they'll call Abba, 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 which they're saying daddy, daddy, daddy and and here's, here's Jesus in his time of need, he's reaching out to his father and he's saying hey if it's possible take this cup away from me. It's not so much the words that we use in prayer but the relationship that we have with God. It's what it's all about. It's the power of prayer. It's, 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 it's not about the exact words that we're using, but the kind of relationship that we have with God, which is why when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he says, begin your prayer with our Father which art in heaven. We come to God, not as some God who is distant and is in a, in a robe, you know, and, and kind of religious God. We come to God as, as, a, as a child comes to their father, comes to a parent. Romans 8. 15 says this, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children and now we call him Abba Father. We don't come to God as fearful slaves, as a fearful worker. We're so scared to approach the presence of God. No, we come to, we come to God like his dad. Hey dad, I, hey, dad, I need you dad. Because we are His children, says Galatians, God has sent the spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba Father, Abba Father. Man, I I, I still believe the greatest revelation that we can have in our lives is that we are children of God. I I believe one of the great revelations that we can have is that we are His children, we are, are adopted into His family and He is our Father. You see, none of us have ever had a a perfect relationship, you know, with our own natural parents. And some people have had great relationships. Praise God for that. But there's no no such thing as a perfect parent. And all of us at some point in our lives need to get a revelation that we are part of God's family. We are part of His children and that God is our Father, Abba Father. Prayed an honest prayer to his dad about how how he was feeling and And this is the Son of God praying and asking God to take this cup away from Him. I just love that because it's the power of prayer. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Whatever anxieties you're feeling, whatever feeling of being overwhelmed, Pope Peter says, cast it all on Him because He cares for you. Whatever's on your heart and on your mind, just pour your heart out to God. Talks to his disciples and then he talks to God. I just love it. It's a couple of simple principles. And you see this pattern all over Scripture. Moses is on the mountain praying, but he's not praying alone. He's praying with Aaron and her. The Amalekites and the Israelites are fighting down there. And, and there's a powerful description. You know the story that as his hands are lifted high, the Israelites are winning. And when his hands are down, and, and then, then the Israelites are losing. And at one point he gets tired. He's exhausted. And he doesn't have the strength to lift his hands. And so Aaron and her come alongside of him and, and begin to help him to lift his hands on high. And, and, and as, they lift, as his hands are lifted, the Israelites are winning the battle. All of us will get tired in our walk with God. All of us will get physically, emotionally, and, and even more than that, spiritually tired and exhausted where we just can't see our way ahead anymore. And because of that, all of us need an Aaron and an Hur on, an house, on our side that can help us in those difficult times. Moses had people with him. And they were praying Esther Esther's in a difficult bind her, her life and her people are about to be destroyed uh, because of uh, because of uh, uh, um, uh, the evil edict that had been put put out that, that all of the uh, Jews were to be killed and so what does she do? she, she calls out to her her fellow Jews to, to begin to fast about what was what was happening and then and then and then she prepares to go to the king. She says for three days I want you to fast and, and after those three days then, then I'm going to be going to the king and I'm going to approach the king and that, that, that our lives would be saved. Paul again and again asked the church to pray for him for boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ every, every, in every letter that he writes he's saying to the church he's saying hey will you pray for me so that I can preach the word with boldness and and without fear. If Paul needed the prayers of the saints, how much more do we need the prayer of the saints? And I, I just pray that that would become a revelation in our hearts today. Notice one more thing Jesus does here. He doesn't let himself be overwhelmed by his feelings. He says, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. He's expressing his feelings. He's acknowledging what he's feeling, but he's not allowing those feelings to determine the decisions that he makes. He doesn't let himself be driven by his feelings. He makes a decision to submit to the truth and to the will of God. Feelings are a great servant, but a terrible master. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. He tells us, he's he's saying to his father, hey, if there's another way, let's go through the other way. But at the end, he says, not my will, your will be done. There are times we need to speak to our feelings and align them with the truth of God's word. We need to tell ourselves, God will see me through. God is in control. My future is in God's hands. No, this is not going to be the story for the rest of my life. This is a season. Every season has a beginning and every season has an end. And this season will come to an end by the grace of God and for the glory of God. God will make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. He's seen me through before and He will see me through again. I know there's a lot of us thinking right now and we're saying, when is this COVID season going to end? It feels like this is just going to be like this for, I don't know how long, you know. Uh, it just feels like we're going to be in this space for a for for a long time. Now we're even afraid to even come out of our homes because you don't know you might be thrust into a into a lockdown you know or into isolation for any reason because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time and and it's just just this season that just and that just doesn't feel like it's going to end. Um, but I want you to know <laughs> this season will come to an end too. We're not sure when, but it will come to an end. And God will see us through by His grace. And whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life right now, it might be COVID related, but it might not be related to COVID at all. I want you to know that that season will come to an end by His grace and for His glory. He's the God that makes a way where there doesn't seem to be one. He, he, he's the God that, that that can that can he's the god of the miraculous he's the god that opens doors where doors seem to be closed he's the god of grace he's the god of mercy he's the god who speaks in the midst of the storm Um, I often think about, you know, the life of Job, who was thrust into a complete uh, 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 turmoil and trial after trial after trial. And then there's that amazing verse in Job 38, verse 1, and the Lord spoke out of the storm. I want you to know whatever storm you're experiencing right now, God can speak in the name of Jesus. Reach out to God and He will speak to you. What did Jesus do when He was overwhelmed? He reached out to others. And he reached out to God. Jesus stumbled into the garden feeling overwhelmed. Um, He was then taken by the soldiers. He was bruised. He was crushed. He was beaten. And then they nailed him to a cross in the most brutal of all deaths crucifixion. But he stayed focused on the goal, he stayed focused on the purposes of God. And he was not moved. When the red light goes off on your emotional dashboard, what do we do? When that right red light goes on in our emotional dashboard, that, 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 that red light that says overwhelmed, distressed, what do we need to do? We need to reach out to people. We need to reach out to God. We need God's people and we need God's presence. Paul says this in Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So often when we're feeling overwhelmed, we we start to feel like there's no hope for us. And maybe there are some of you feeling like that even this morning. I want you to know that the God that we serve is a God of hope. And and my prayer for you, as, as was the prayer of Paul to the Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no storm that God will not bring you through. There is no obstacle that God won't help you overcome. There's no enemy that God won't help you defeat. There's no heartache that God won't heal. If, if Jesus battled feelings of distress, how much more will we? Question is not if, but what do we do when we feel overwhelmed? If that's you today. If you're feeling overwhelmed, let the peace of God guard your heart and soul. Let let his presence be with you. Let his word bring encouragement into your heart and life. You know, experiencing the peace of God starts by experiencing peace with God. How do we experience the peace of God? It begins by experiencing peace with God. And if you don't have that, I want you to know that God loves you. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. He became sin on a cross for us. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how dark your life feels right now. Doesn't matter how overwhelmed you feel right now. All you need to do is call out to Jesus. Because the Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And if you've, you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do that today from wherever you are watching this particular service today. I I want to encourage you uh, to give your life to Jesus Christ. You don't have to wait to be in church to do that. All you need to do is call on the name of Jesus and he will forgive your sins. And so you can experience true peace. Well, Pastor Joe, what do I need to do? Well, all you need to do is pray a simple prayer that goes something like this, dear Jesus I know that I'm a sinner. It's a recognition that we're sinners. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to be the Lord and Saviour of my life. I want to trust and follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. If you pray a derivative of that prayer the Bible tells us that Jesus comes and dwells into our hearts by His Spirit and we can be saved. And if, and if you've, you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, uh, I just want to encourage you. Just get in touch with us. Let us know because we want to kind of get some material out to you and uh, just encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. But as we bring this service to a close, I, I just want to pray for you. Because no doubt there are people who are watching here this morning that you're feeling overwhelmed. And I, I just want to pray with you and believe that you're going to experience the presence of God, and that God is going to see you through even in this moment. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here with us. I thank you, Father God, that just as Jesus went through a distressing time, just as Jesus reached out to the disciples just as Jesus prayed, so too can we work through those seasons of distress and feeling overwhelmed. I just pray for those who are watching today that you would guide them and guard their hearts, Lord God, so that they can, Father, navigate this season in their lives, Lord God, I pray. We thank you for your word that is truth. We thank you for your word that encourages us, that helps us even in our most difficult times. We bind every work of the enemy, every thought that is not of you. We come against it in Jesus' name. Let there be freedom to serve you and to know you, Lord God, I pray. Protect us by your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. You have a great week. And uh, God willing, we'll see you back in church uh, next Sunday. God bless you.